0: All right, everybody. Thanks again for listening to Mental Health Monday, where we aim to provide an open space for dialogues about a number of mental health topics and how folks are being affected on local, state, and national levels. Guests and topics on the show range from psychiatrists, psychologists, school, drug, and grief counselors, and any other professionals in the field. Testimonials from those affected by mental health issues, such as students, veterans, first responders, and more. And we also hear from folks who are organizing events around the community that promote or bring awareness to mental health issues with the main goal being normalizing these mental health dialogues. We're in studio today with Levon Jari. He's uh, from the Native American Church of the Ghost Dancers. It's an amazing group that uh, recently partnered with uh, BLM to do a cleanup of public lands. That was on uh, June 17th in the government draw area east of Lander. Uh, This is an amazing, amazing endeavor, and we're going to be learning a little bit about how Uh, Stewardship of the Lands ties in to mental health and a little bit about the history of of Levon and of the Native American Church of the Ghost Dancers. But uh, before we get into the topics today, Levon, how are we doing this morning?
1: Vince, I'm doing quite well.
0: Doing quite well, and it's your birthday today, right? I yeah. want to start off with by saying that happy birthday, my well, friend. Well,
1: thank you. It is my birthday today.
0: And what a great way to be celebrating it uh, here on uh, Coffee Time Mental Health Monday, talking about some of the things that matter most to you, uh, some of the things that you're passionate about. And uh, I'd love for any of our listeners who don't know you, just tell us a little bit about yourself, and we'll go from there.
1: My name's Levon Jari. I have been a community member in Riverton. Uh, I was born in... 1983. So today's June 8th and I am 40. I was raised in Riverton, went to Riverton High School. When I turned 18, I moved away. Uh, I moved to Corpus Christi, Texas, Okay. uh, got a job in a restaurant and I've been in the restaurant industry since. Uh, right now I am the kitchen manager at More Burgers and Shakes Riverton.
0: Oh, nice. Great food over there. Yeah, too.
1: absolutely. I'd like to invite everybody to come in and see us. And we, wish you
0: happy birthday uh, tomorrow if you because you're working tomorrow, right? I am working Yeah, tomorrow. it's a belated birthday to leave yeah, on if absolutely. you go to Moore Burgers.
1: So anyhow, um, so that's been my line of profession. I've moved around the country. Uh, I lived in Florida for a while. I moved back, moved to Laramie. Then I ended up coming back to Riverton, which is where I met my children's mother. Mm -hmm. Um, Alicia and my three children live in Riverton as well. Shout out to Alicia. Uh, My youngest, Osiris. My middle son, Ezra. And my eldest, Cordelia. So what's happened is throughout my life, I was always struggling to find my place. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so this is kind of where it ties into the mental health aspect. 100%. Um, It is my belief that through um, acculturation and indoctrination, uh, the Native American people have been displaced. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, So what happens is we end up in a state of what we call identity crisis. Yeah. And so um, my father, bless his soul, um, had a substance abuse problem when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. And so my mother kept me away from that world. And so I was raised by my mom. And so I didn't really know the Native American culture other than I went to the Sundance once a year.
0: Yeah, right, right.
1: And so um, I grew up, I didn't really know who I was. I learned that I was good at customer service. I was good at cleaning, cleaning tables, washing dishes, um, waiting tables, and so that kind of helped me with my identity a little bit. But the thing about the restaurant industry, especially in the cities, is there is a lot of chemical substance abuse within the it, it is the a industry.
0: true problem. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people really don't know that that um, they're so intrinsic.
1: They are, and so. What happened was, I guess it's uh, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Mm-hmm. Were the mental health issues there before the substance abuse problem, or was the substance abuse problem what caused the mental health issues?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, what happened was in 2008, I got a DUI. And so that year, I went into Sundance for the first time with my father. And I prayed for help with my substance abuse issues and my legal troubles, Mm -hmm. okay? And then that was in August. It was like three weeks later, I got picked up for drinking on probation, okay? And so my daughter was gonna be born September 23rd and uh, bless his soul, Judge Roberts, allowed me to stay out of jail with the promise that I would turn myself in a week after my daughter was born.
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And
1: so I did. I uh, was there for the birth of my baby, which was awesome. Um, Exactly seven days later, I went down to the uh, Lander jail and Mm -hmm. said, here I am. However, I had the foresight in the meantime to go to Eastern Shoshone Recovery. And they got me placement at a place called uh, the American Indian Changing Spirits in Long Beach. For inpatient treatment. Okay. And so this is kind of where my journey started with the church. Right. Okay. So what happened was I did like two months in county jail. They released me into the custody of Eastern Shoshone Recovery. They transported me to Salt Lake. And then I got on an airplane and went to Long Beach. And so I uh, went to Changing Spirits. And while I was there, they had a sweat lodge on the grounds. And so there was a CODA elder, his name was John Funmaker, who ran the sweats for several different treatment centers in Southern California and also for Chino Prison Institution. And so anyhow, while I was in that lodge, um, he taught me that the spirit of the Native American is tied directly to the land.
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay.
1: And so that's where this teaching first, where I first heard it. Right. And this has been... Well, it was 2009 at the time that I heard this. And so here we are fast forward what 14 years. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Um so anyhow I ended up getting a job with another facility in Southern California called Choices Long Beach. And I was a house manager there cuz I was doing so well. And so while I was working for Choices I had a Danae man approach me, and he asked me, Levon, I've only been at Choices for five days. My sister is really sick, and we're having a teepee meeting for her in Yucca Valley. Um, At the time, I didn't even know what a teepee meeting was. Mm -hmm. Um, So he said, well, you approach the director and see if you can escort me. I said, well, I don't see why not, Mark. Um, so I went to John Stall and I approached him and said, this is what the deal is. His sister's sick. In their traditional way, they hold a peyote meeting to help heal her of her ailments. And John was all about it. He said, absolutely, Levon, I trust you. Um, just let, give me the date. Um, you guys can go on a pass to Yucca Valley. So it was a week later. We got on a bus, we got on a train, we got on a bus, got on a train. I don't know if you've ever been to Southern California or not, but public transportation's crazy. So next thing I know, we're in West Hollywood and we get in the back of a little, I think it was like a 1986 Isuzu pickup truck mm-hmm. with a camper shell. Mm-hmm. Um, we jump in the back of the truck and up and over the Sierra Nevada as we go and down into Death Valley, we roll. And uh, the Joshua trees, there's like forests of Joshua trees when you get into Death Valley. Uh-huh. And we drive out into the middle of the desert and we pull off the highway and we drive back on this dirt road for about a mile. And next thing you know, there's an old dilapidated trailer and there's a teepee set up in the middle of the desert. And so I get out and I'm, I'm clueless because like I said, I was raised by my mom. Yeah, yeah. And besides going to Sundance once a year and then participating in Sundance once, You know, I had my eagle feather. I know nothing about Native American church at the time. And um, Mark's dad was a code talker. Mm
2: -hmm. Okay. And
1: so, and he was also a peyote man. So Mark's father was very active in the Navajo tribe is is what the U.S. government called them. They call themselves the Diné. The
0: Diné, right. Yeah,
1: which means the people. Mm -hmm. Okay. So anyhow... Um, they welcome me and they're all very kind to me. And Mark kind of explains to me how the ceremony works. He said, Don't get your feathers out till midnight. The water's gonna go around, the medicine's gonna go around. Um, and so anyhow, I go and I participate and I sit there and I pray with them. Uh their ceremony is very interesting. The the fire starts out with a chevron to honor the um, veterans because mm-hmm. they were code talkers. Mm-hmm. And then anyhow, to make a long story short, we get through the ceremony. The next morning, um, I was just awe-inspired. Um, I got on top of a rock because we're out in the middle of nowhere. I tried getting cell phone s- signal, and uh-huh. I called my wife at the time and said, Alicia, I love you guys. Like Things was, were just clear. Yeah, everything's going to be okay. Our family's blessed. It's really good. I don't know how it's going to look, but things will work out for us anyhow. So I got through to him. And so we get back in the Isuzu and back over the mountains we go. And he said, Levon, there's another couple I need you to meet. And I said, okay. He said, their names are Clifton and Teresa. And so that's where the Native American Church of the Ghost Dancers comes into the picture. So about a week and a half later, we get back on the bus, on a train, on a bus, on a train. Next thing I know, (laughs) we're in Venice Beach. Okay, and we go up to this little house, or it's, it was a house, I guess, it's like a just a teeny tiny property on the corner of Marina del Rey and Venice. Mm-hmm. It's about a mile from the beach. Okay, and so I go in and I meet Clifton and Teresa, and so Clifton and I start to talk, and I'll just say this: Clifton is so highly intelligent; it's not even funny. And so him and I automatically made a connection because we're both so sharp. And so um, I guess I must've made a good impression. And he approached me that day and said, would you like to go to work for us? And I said, well, I don't see why not Clifton. I'd love to. Yeah. And so he said, well, I need your documentation. So um, with the peyote church um, per the Howard Wheeler act, it's called the Indian reorganization act of 1934 there's a definition in there um, which classifies a federally recognized American Indian. Okay. Okay, and is what it is is you have to be half enrolled in a federally recognized Native American tribe, and or prove your descendancy to a person who was enrolled in a federally recognized tribe prior to 1932, mm-hmm. and that's in order to be able to um, possess and consume the sacrament
2: Mm -hmm, okay mm
1: -hmm. now anybody can be a part of our church but not everybody can be a fully enrolled card holding member right okay so um i'll go a little bit into the church now um we are pan-indigenous meaning we accept indigenous people from all around the world right so it wouldn't matter if you're Australian pygmy. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to be a part of our organization, we would get you an application. You could fill it out. We'd put it on our rolls and you could become an enrolled member of the Native American Church of the Ghost Dancers. Okay. It doesn't matter if you're a Celt, uh Any indigenous people are welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also multicultural. Mm-hmm. Meaning, like, I am Eastern Shoshone, okay, and I'm a Sundancer. And the Eastern Shoshone people speak Udo-Aztecan. So, really, we have our roots in the Aztecan culture, okay? Clifton and Treesa are Choctaw, and they speak Muskogean. all right? So, they're a Muskogean culture, and they were mound builders, okay? So where we're different cultures, we're a part of the same Native American church. Does that make sense? Oh,
0: 100% makes sense. And that just lends itself to learning so many different styles of culture that all have the same aim when you break things down and get right down to
1: it. Well, absolutely. And traditionally, we're we're taught that we're all related, especially the American Indian people, even though you have Suyan you have Muscogee, you have Inasobi, you have Udo-Aztec, and Algonquin, Athabascan. You have all these different cultures of Native American people, but we're all North American indigenous cultures. Um, so anyhow, we're pan-indigenous, we're multicultural, and we have members who are in Mexico, so we're also international. Mm-hmm. Okay, so anyhow um i got on his rolls i got my card um i graduated choices and i came home now i'm a part of what's called the wellbriety movement and it's a recovery based um movement how do you say for Native American people. It's kind of like AA or NA, but it's- But tw- for
0: the specific.
1: Yeah, it's a 12-step program for Native American people. It was organized by a man named Don Coyas. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyhow, um, the Wellbriety movement, I came home. Oh, in the Wellbriety movement, what they teach us is you can take an unhealthy tree out of a sick forest- And transplanted into a healthy forest and it'll become healthy. Mm -hmm. But then if you take that healthy tree and put it back into an unhealthy forest, it's going to get sick again.
0: And that's just like one of those beautiful descriptions of uh, your environment and its effect on you that I've ever heard.
1: Absolutely. And so where I was taken out of the unhealthy forest and placed into a recovery community in Long Beach, which is awesome. I mean, Southern California has got it going on when it comes to recovery.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, When I came home, I ended up sick again. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up relapsing, going through legal troubles. I've been the proverbial rotating door Mm -hmm. in and out, in and out, in and out on recovery and relapse on recovery and relapse over the years. And uh, it's led to some considerable legal issues for me. Um, but
0: that's kind of one of the nature of recovery for a lot of folks. Your story is one of many of you, you you want to better your life, but then it, that, that those things just uh, take over.
1: And and it does. And so this ties right back into the mental health piece Mm -hmm. where, um, I was recently incarcerated. I'll just be forthright with the community. Mm -hmm. Um, and actually that time that I was with the department of corrections, um, surprisingly was one of the best things that's ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. It gave me the opportunity to um, organize my thoughts um, through physical exercise, proper nutrition, um, routine. I am mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically healthier than I've been since I was probably fourteen.
0: Congratulations on that too. Well, thank you, and thank I mean you. that sincerely because, yeah. I, like I said, I, I know many people who've gone through it. I've got family, um, and it, it takes strength to get to the point where you're where, where you're at right now and what you're talking about. Well,
1: yeah, and so I didn't know coming out of the Department of Corrections. Like I thought, well, maybe I should give it a year before I did what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. You know, with this clean lands, clean bodies. Um, maybe I should give it two years. I well, I don't know, and so. One morning I woke up and it just hit me. And so I said, I'm going to move forward with this thing. And so um, that day I was actually um, waiting to see my mental health provider. His name's Steve Bodell with the Windover Cares. And uh, I called the BLM. And I said, I need to speak with somebody about cleaning up public lands. Mm-hmm. And I was shaking. Like I was nervous. Like it took a level of courage. Yeah. That I didn't expect, you know, I'm normally pretty outspoken and easygoing. But the
0: moment you're truly passionate about something, there's nerves that go along with it. Absolutely. Because you care, you care. Yeah, I do
1: care. And so they got me in touch with Mike Coyne and he was all about it. And so little by little communication back and forth through email, we started looking at locations, talking about places. And uh, it developed into what we've got going on today. And so the press release came out, I think it was Monday. La- yeah,
0: it was, it was just a few days ago. Yeah. yeah about uh, the, the efforts to clean up that Yeah, a, a yeah. government
1: draw. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm motivated and determined. Mm-hmm. And if you don't make it happen, it's not gonna. Mm-hmm. You know, And that's something that I've learned. It's been on my heart to do this since 2017. Mm-hmm. So that's when I very first filed with the state of Wyoming with the Native American church there in Riverton. And I let it go into dissolution because of life issues, because of mental health problems, substance abuse issues. And so when I got out, I thought, you know, I need to do this thing. Uh, Let's not talk about it. Let's be about it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And so anyhow, um, I want to share. Yesterday, I met with the Wind River Intertribal Council um, to get permission to work on uh, Wind River Indian Reservation Land. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's a location at the corner of Sand Draw and Gas Hills, and there's one giant illegal dump site.
2: Yeah,
0: anyone who's driven through the area knows what that looks like and how bad it's gotten over the years. it's
1: terrible. And so really that was my – what I had in mind when I started this and I contacted the BLM because I thought that was public land. Mm -hmm. And so after Mike and I had communicated and I gave him GPS location, he said, well, that's Wind River Indian Reservation, not – not BLM land. Mm-hmm. Oh. And so I contacted uh Caroline Shoyo. Yeah. Yeah. And so anyhow, one thing led to the next. And yesterday I met with them. Um I want to share that I got a unanimous vote to allow me to go onto the Wind River Indian Reservation land and start to attempt to make a difference on reservation land.
0: That's amazing.
1: Okay. And so I'm also working with the municipality of the city of Riverton and uh, we did a cleanup at the rendezvous site Um, on July 2nd at 10 a.m. We're going to be meeting at the Tonkin stadium parking lot and we're going to be cleaning up the canal area behind Tonkin stadium from main street to Pershing. Uh, There's kind of an area that goes behind the Mormon church there in Riverton and there's like, The last time we did it with Amanda, she had a program called Kicking Trash. Mm -hmm. We found like old, like dilapidated tents and Mm -hmm. like sleeping bags and liquor bottles and stuff that people had left along the bank there. And so I'm thinking that's been like four years ago. So I'm thinking it's probably in need of attention again. So we're going to be meeting um, July 2nd into Sunday to do that cleanup for the city of Riverton. Um, and then July 17th or June 17th, we're going to be a government draw. And then I'm in the process of organizing a cleanup out at what we call hole in the rock for the tribe. Okay. So literally
0: making your, 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 your forest full of that many more clean trees well, to, yeah, for the symbolic, uh, uh absolutely. Touching back to that again. And so,
1: um, how I tie this to mental health. Because that's, that's what we're here for. Mm-hmm. And mental health is extremely important to me um, because over the years, I've been trying to decide what it was that was going on with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's my belief personally, this is my personal belief, that um, mental health issues are a manifestation of a spiritual ailment. Mm-hmm. Okay? And so, like it, like I was taught by John it says that our spirit is tied directly to the land. And he said, if the land is sick, then the people will be sick. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: It says, and I, and I said on here, I know my, in my heart, and I believe that we will not see any real progress in recovery from general trauma. Substance abuse, domestic violence, and other trans-tribal issues such as mental health until we address the issues that are going on with the land. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, um. so John Funmaker carried the Lame Deer fire. And so that morning I was doing research and I found a quote by Lame Deer himself. And he said, Indians and non-Indians alike can again see ourselves as a part of the earth not as an enemy from the outside who tries to impose its will on it. Because we also know that being a living part of the earth, that we cannot harm any part of her without harming ourselves. Okay. And so, um, what I said in this text I sent to you is that as the earth weeps and the wildlife suffers, so shall we weep and suffer. And so, um, it goes back to the wildlife.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I, I looked it up. I was trying to get a list for when I met with the Intertribal Council. And, man, there are hundreds and hundreds of different types of wildlife that live in gas hills. Yeah. I mean, you, would, you wouldn't believe the different – the prairie dogs and the gophers and the, all the different types of birds, the mule deer, the white-tailed deer, the antelope. And there's different types of – my mom calls them voles. Yeah, yeah. They're like mice without tails. Mm -hmm. Um, There's just a ton of wildlife out there. And um, the last time I was out there, there are boats and like the motors are exposed. So who knows what kind of um, antifreeze, gasoline, Mm -hmm. those types of things, oil that could be potentially leaking into the ground. Right, right. You know, um, it's just an ecological problem. And so, um, again, I'm just at the very inception of this thing, Vince. Um, I don't really know how this is going to look. You know, I am just reaching out. Um, this year, we are doing this all on voluntary basis, and then we're having uh, charitable contributions from the community. And so, for anybody who's listening, yeah,
0: it, it, please tell us how people can contribute. Yeah, if, if, interested. if you're
1: interested in contributing to our cause um we are a recognized 501c3 so any charitable contributions that we take in i write you a receipt it's tax deductible at the end of the year um i have my ein number if you want to look us up to make sure that we are in fact a legitimate 501c3 we can do that um my contact information is um, my last name, my first name, zero one at gmail.com. I think Vince can probably post it.
0: I will. Yeah.
1: Okay. I can it there. And then my phone number is 307-349-8915. And so if you give me a call, feel free to leave a voicemail because I work full time at more burgers and shakes. And if we're in my lunch house, I don't answer my phone. Um, but anyhow, um, up to this point, I've pretty much been paying for this thing out of my pocket. Right. Um, I will mention that the RTO in Riverton is contributing gas for me. That's amazing. So whenever I have a cleanup, like the government draw cleanup, the following Monday, I'll go down to RTO and he'll fill my truck. Okay. Um, and then uh, it sounds like Linda Dennison at Windover Mercantile is going to be able to make a contribution. And as far as contributions goes, that's as far as I've made it. Right. Right. Um, it, it's a lot of footwork.
0: It's a lot of footwork. And like you said, you're at the beginning stages of it, but so many good things are going to come out of this. And in addition to uh, potentially reaching out to uh, 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 give funds to the cause, are you looking for folks to reach out about other prod cleanup projects as well?
1: Sure. I mean, if, if people know of areas that are in need of attention – let me know. Like I I will go out. I will look at the problem, um, assess the issue. And I am currently networking with people to try to find truck and trailer. Mm
2: -hmm. Um,
1: but then again, you have dump fees that are associated with it, Mm -hmm. you know? And so again, unfortunately, because of the world we live in, it always comes down to the dollar. Right. Um, I am willing to put in whatever I can personally above and beyond my bills and my food and yeah. my everything else um but uh as far as that goes um I will do everything in my power to clean up any areas that we have problems in Fremont County that's all my heart like I would I would like to see Fremont County to be the pristine beautiful um god's country that it is mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um there's another uh quote i don't have it right off hand but um my great-grandfather chief washakie spoke one night and he said that we're to protect the warm valley the waters the fish and the game that are in abundance here and so i feel like as a descendant of Chief Washakie and as a Sundancer and a Shoshone tribal member, it's my responsibility to step up and address the issue. And so that's what I'm doing.
0: Well, Levon, uh, just once again, hats off and thank you for sharing not only your story, but your cause, like uh, the, the history behind. Uh, the the church. Uh, this has been an amazing conversation, and, uh, and unfortunately, we were, or we are going to go ahead and have to cut it yeah. cut it cut it off now. But uh, we'd love to have you come back on anytime you want. I want to hear how this develops. I uh, okay. uh, want you to be on on the show as much as you possibly can to to get the word out on this because I think it's uh, yeah. an extremely important
1: thing. Yeah, excellent. Well, Vince, I really appreciate your time. Um, I know we're we're trying to unpack a huge box. And what I'm doing is actually way outside of the box.
2: Uh-huh. And so,
1: you know, it's, we're like an uncharted territory. Um, but I was taught that growth happens when you get outside of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And so I'm outside of my comfort zone a little bit today. Um, I hope uh, I represented myself and our church well. Um, I want to thank the community who's listening. Um, and I want to thank County 10 for all of your guys' support.
0: Well, thank you, Levon, once again, and uh, please stay in contact. I
1: will, Vince. Thank you so much.
0: All right, everybody, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up. uh, Once again, that was Levon Jari with the Native American Church of the Ghost Dancers doing amazing work for our community and addressing mental health right down to the earth level. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, more coffee time and KOVE after a quick word from our sponsors.